another big hand. Praise God. Praise God for his goodness. Hallelujah. All right, let's get our Bible. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his grace. Amen. Amen. I always like to mess with my two daughters, Grace and Mia, there. <laughs> One day I won't be able to speak another language and I won't be able to say it, okay? Mia says. <laughs> Somebody say amen. amen. All right, now. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 10. But God, are you there? Let's read together. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man know the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the thing that are freely given to us of God, that we can know. We got the Holy Ghost so we can know the thing that's freely given to us of God. Let's go to our subject today. That's our series. Our series, once again, is the Word of God Revealed. Uh, we have already started volume number two, and we are now in part four. Part three was done this morning. So let's go to our subject today. Habakkuk chapter two, verse one through four. We are teaching this ministry about how important it is for the word vision. So when you're in the back, the person in the back, you have to take one thing out to clear up the screen. Thank you. Uh, Habakkuk chapter number two, uh, verse one through verse number four. When you get there, say amen. We read out the King James Version, Habakkuk chapter two, verse one through four. All right, we, we're taking you back because we're teaching you on vision. Uh, we have already showed you that the, the word of truth in this house is God's vision for today. All right, so, but we're going back and show you how we got the vision. Okay, first, uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. Let's read together. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came, I'm sorry. Habakkuk looked so good, didn't it? Okay. Habakkuk chapter number two, and I nef never left. I'm still at Corinth there. I'm coming over. You know, it's so awesome how you travel in the spirit. Did you know how you travel in the spirit? You just think about where you want to go. See, that's why when, when, when the word says, light be, that's how God operates. So he be where he want to be when he want to be. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Now Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. Are you there now? I will stand up on my watch and I will set me up on the tower and I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. Behold his soul, I'm sorry, because it will surely come 
it will not tarry. I'm sorry. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Now, that word, live by his faith, he's talking about the vision. The just is going to live by his vision. Let's do that in the NLT. Uh, I hope the person back there can, can handle that. But anyway, the NLT, we're going to do the same thing. Habakkuk chapter 2, thank you so very much. And verse number 1, let's read together on the screen. I will climb up to my watchtower. To my watchtower. That's where they stayed in. That's where they went to find out what God wanted as a prophet. And I stand, I stand up my God post. There I will wait to see what the Lord would say and how he would answer my complaint. Because this man went to God in the, in the chapter before telling him how the people were doing. Now God is telling him the answer. Verse number two, we're going to go to verse two. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others so they can carry the correct message to others okay here's the vision this vision is for the future time now that was during the days of, of Habakkuk which was 626 BC this vision is for a future time it describes the end so we know what this vision is about it describes the end and it will be fulfilled so we know that vision that he's talking about had to become fulfilled. We know that now it, we know it has been fulfilled. But we're going to show it to you again. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. All right? He's talking about the vision. All right? Now, let's go and show you. You can be seated. Matter of fact, we're going to pray first. So we're going to talk about how the Holy... Follow, I'm sorry. Follow the Holy Spirit's vision. Follow the Holy Spirit's vision. All right. We've already been teaching on vision, but so we'll continue it. Now, Holy Spirit, we give you all the praise now and all the glory and all the honor. Thank you for your grace now, your mercy, your love. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit to teach us, lead us and guide us and Father in to help us. Now, we thank you for that anointing of the spirit of the living God that destroy every yoke and lift every burden in this place. We give you the praise and the glory for that now. In Jesus' precious blood, we pray. All the great prayers said, amen. amen. All right, now, uh, I want to get to some things today that I was not able to get to uh, this morning. And if I don't get a chance to finish, I just maybe next week if God say the same. But he continued to keep this word vision in my spirit. So uh, in this writing the vision, make it plain upon tables that he that heareth me you know, it's going to run by. This is what the vision is for. All right. Now, let's, let's go to some things that we talked about this morning. Let's go. I'm not going to be able to, you know, do this in, in its entirety, but I'm just going to hit, hit and miss so I get where I got to go. Okay. Daniel chapter 8, verse 13. One verse, and then we're going to go to Daniel 9, 24. We're just going to hit a verse out of each one before we moving on. Daniel chapter 8 and verse number 13. Talking about the vision. So we're going to bag up the Daniel. We know we can go all the way back to Daniel chapter 2. I may have to do that in another teaching, but that's where it all began. Then I heard one saint. That's why I keep saying you're not the saint. That's the Old Testament believer. Then I heard one saint speaking to another saint said unto that certain saint. Which spake. That's how he heard. He overheard a conversation. The saints talking. And the question was, how long shall be the vision? 
How long? Before, how long shall be the vision? Concerning the daily sacrifice. So he's, he's outlining what the vision. You're going to get to that in, in Daniel 9, 24. Then, trans, then he called it transgression of desolation. New, come, New Testament called the abomination of desolation. That was found in Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, matter of fact. Uh, the, the abomination of desolation. Then he says, this is what's going to happen. To give both the sanctuary and the host, which will be at that time the church, to be trodden underfoot. So at that time, God's people was to be the host. And then the sanctuary was to be Jerusalem. Jerusalem would be trodden underfoot. Now, Jesus talked about this in Luke, we talked about this morning in Luke chapter number 20, verse 21. Luke 21, 20, right? Okay, we'll go back to, uh, we'll do a little under Luke then. Luke 21, 20, right? All right, let's, let's do a few verses in that. Now, Jesus talked about this all the way in Matthew, Mark, Luke, all of the books he talked about. Uh, what would happen in the last day. Remember in, Ma in Matthew 24, verse 1, 2, 3, they just asked him, when is, the, when is the end of the world? And I keep saying to you, it's not in your future. Okay, I'm still waiting for the screen. And it says in verse 20, and when you shall see Jerusalem come past about with armies. Now he's talking to Judea, the people of Israel. He said, this is when it's going to happen. When you, see, when you see Jerusalem come past about with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Now remember when you read Matthew 20, 24, 15, he called it the abomination of desolation, spoken by Daniel the prophet. Okay, all the same thing. This is what Thessalonians was talking about. All right? Uh, uh, and then verse 21 says, Then let them which are in Judea. So you know you're not talking about you in Pontiac. Amen. Just plain and simple, isn't it? Told you to flee to the mountain. Then, if you're going to flee to the mountain, what mountain are you going to flee to? All right. And then let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter in. Don't nobody come in, get out of Jerusalem. These be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Then he says, uh, miss those two verses and go on, because I need to get to the verse, verse 24. Uh, verse 24 is what I want. I'm sorry, they're going to die. Okay, that's, I'm sorry. Go to the next verse. And there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and up on the earth distress of nations with perplexity in the sea waving, talking about what's going to happen in Israel, okay? Uh, men's heart fell in for fear. Go to the next verse. And then verse 27 says, and when all of that happened, you're going to see the Son of Man. So you see who he's talking to? He's not talking to you. He's talking to the Jews. He said, they're going to see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. All right. Now, uh, that's, that's enough of that. Let's go to, let's, all right, let, we can do that one. It says, and when these things begin to come to pass, then look, look up, lift up your hands for your redemption draws now. Now, you have to understand the Israel redemption and your redemption was totally different. Uh, they rejected the cross, so they had to wait for Jesus to return. I want to say it again. They rejected the cross, would, would have been their redemption, so they had to wait to Jesus to return to be their redemption. So if you, when, you, when you read that, that's on verse 15, which she's showing you, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolations spoken of by Daniel the prophet, 
Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place. Talking about the Antichrist, the one he talked about in Thessalonians. Stand in the holy place. Whosoever read it, let him understand. All right, now let's go back to uh, the verse I was asking for there. No, I'm not going to do verse 1. I'm going to do verse 24, maybe, if I'm going to Daniel. Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. I'm not going to start verse 1. So in Daniel 9, 24, he's going to give you the layout on what's supposed to happen. Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. He told you how long. Here it is, 70 weeks. Anything you don't get, get the 9 o'clock tape this morning. I'm just catching you up. Seven weeks are determined upon thy people. So remember, he's not talking about you. They were God's people in the Old Testament. Seven weeks. Seven weeks is 490 years. In the middle of your Bible, between Matthew and uh, Malachi, there's a page, which is 400 years since they heard from God. Remember, they came out of captivity. Their captivity lasted in Babylon was 70 years. Now they come out of captivity. So he told them 70 weeks. That 70 weeks really is 490 years. Are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Number one, to finish the transgression. Number two, to make an end of sin. So you know this is what Jesus did. And I'd be so glad when the people, people in this house believe the word. Because if he made an end of sin, then he made an end of sin. You just got to figure out what happened. But if he made an end, then it, it has ended. All right, so you don't need to be listening to folks still telling you about sin. And then you got to repent. And all, everything else, they just goes on and on. That's their that's they, that's they vision. Let them do their thing. Amen. Your, your sin's been forgiven you, okay? All right. Now, the Bible, told, the Bible told us that. The Bible told us that in Ephesians and in Colossians, twice, that God has forgiven you for his namesake. Now, if he's already forgiven you, then you still should not ask him every day to forgive you. That's just like I walk up to my wife and say, honey, forgive me now. He said, Pastor Crump, I just told you I forgave you. Well, just forgive me again then. You just, how many times you want me to forgive you? <laughs> See, that's what this is about. There's a place I'm going I'm to ask you for, but I, I got it in my notes. But they came to Jesus and they said, how, how often shall I forgive my brother? And then he said, so seven times? He said, no, I did not say, Jesus says, I did not say seven times. I said 70 times seven. How many is 70 times seven? 490. That's what I'm telling you right now. See, he's told them that this is when you, you, you don't have to forgive. You forgave until it was seven. Find that verse from me. I got it in my notes. I'm a little ahead of myself. 490. Well, 490 is, there it is. Jesus said to him, I say not to you until seven times. But you got to back up because I got to see how, what, he, what the question. Again, I say to you, no, you're too far back now. Okay. Then came Peter to him and says, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. See, they were just asking a question, but Jesus going to tell them when it's over. Jesus said to them, I say not to, that is not what I said to you. I did not say to you seven times. I said to you 70 times seven. Well, what do they supposed to think of? Supposed to think of Daniel 9, 24. 70 times, 70 times seven is 490 years. See, seven, 490 years they sin will be forgiven. 
See, you can offend somebody and you should say to them, I'm sorry for what I did. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the word sin, and that's what people cannot understand. Sin had to do with your nature. So if you still have sin in your nature, you have a sin conscience. That's what God takes out of you when he saved you. Is the sin conscious. Is the sin nature. See, you have a new nature. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. You can't have the old nature. All right. All right, let's move on. Now, 70 weeks, which is 490 years, are determined upon thy people and up on the holy city. Watch this, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins. That's what Jesus came to do, finish the transgression. If you know that, 2 Corinthians 5, 19, he told us God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself. So he finished his transgression. He made an end of sin. Then that is 2 Corinthians 5, 19, and reconciliation for iniquity. See, that's what he did in 2 Corinthians 5, 19. And then he brought in everlasting righteousness. See, the righteousness you have is everlasting. That's why Romans 5, 17, you have received the gift of righteousness. And you are an eternal being. You've been made the righteousness of God, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, in Christ. You are God's righteousness. Okay, so that's why you will be righteousness in his presence forever. Then he says, seal up the vision. That's Luke 16, 16. That's when prophecy and the prophets, the prophets ended and the kingdom of God began. So he brought an everlasting righteousness. He sealed the vision and the prophecy. And then first thing he did, which they show last, is anoint the most holy. It's when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. That's when the dove came upon him and the Holy Ghost did not leave him. The Bible said the Holy Ghost remained. He came upon him and remained. All right? Because he was the one that God gave the Holy Ghost to. That's why Jesus was the one who could give you the Holy Ghost. God gave the inheritance. The Holy Ghost is called the inheritance. So God gave Jesus the inheritance and now you get the Holy Ghost from him. And so that's why you have to receive him to get the Holy Spirit. Okay? So that's, that's, this, is, this is what God gave him. That's your inheritance. So you don't, you don't have a reward coming. You already get everything now in Christ. All right? You can, live out, you can live yours out now. Okay? That's why I told you about walking in the Spirit. That series is so powerful, uh, walking in the Spirit. If you have not heard in the storehouse, you need to get that. That's a powerful series of walking in the Spirit. Because if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. All right? The flesh cannot operate in your life if you walk in the spirit. And you do that by walking in love, walking in peace. with one another. All those who walk in the spirit. See, you've you got to come to a place that you don't have no time to be angry. I, don't, I mean, i got too much to enjoy. You know what I mean? Okay. I got too much to enjoy. Amen. We're celebrating, we're celebrating our 35th anniversary. That's why we're asking everyone, if you stay today, come over and have dinner with us and on the other side. And it's free, of course. And we give God all the praise and the glory for that. But we are, we are doing that, my wife and I. And at the end of this month, we're going we're to do it again. But we're just going to add to what we got. Now, you're going to have barbecue ribs, barbecue uh, baked chicken. I'm not ribs today, but barbecue 
chicken, you got baked chicken, and then you're also going to have fried. That's what they're doing. That's why you get that every now and then. <laughs> every now and then you smell that fried chicken. That's the fried chicken. Then we also got everything to go with it, including, including chili. All right. All right. Now, uh, but anyway, but at the end of the month, the last, the last week in this month, we're going to, then we're going to be, out, be able to get outside and have our grills, so we're going to get back to doing the reels for the last Sunday this month after 11 o'clock service. We are doing that every uh, few weeks there, every month, uh, to our anniversary. This is our 35th anniversary, and this is the 35th year of this ministry. So we'll celebrate. Get a lot of big hand. So we thank God for that. Amen. So just stay with us. Enjoy. Won't be no carryouts. Just enjoy. Praise the Lord. All right. All right. Now, let's move on. Let's move on. Now, I showed you this morning some things, so we're going to get. Uh, here it is. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself. See, that's reconciliation. All right, let's go to work. We're, going, we, we're showing you the word vision. Now, follow the Holy Spirit vision. That's what I want to get to. Now, God gave that vision to Paul. We showed you that last week, two weeks ago, in Acts chapter 26, verse 18. He gave that vision to Paul. In verse number 19, Paul says, I... I have been true, obedient to the heavenly vision. Here, God had given vision to Moses, Peter, Paul, not John. Those are, all those are not your vision. Only one person in that list is Paul, who you follow for his vision. When you follow the vision, you follow his teachings. All right? So I gave you a little bit this morning, and I'm going to show you another person on that list will be Christ. Because when I get to... Uh, let's do that now. Shall we? First Corinthians uh, chapter number one. I, I'll share that now while it came to my spirit. First Corinthians chapter number one. And let's, let's give, you, give you some of that now. Uh, let's start verse 10 through verse 21. I do get that and then I'll, I'll get back to work. Now I want to do that at the NALT, okay? First Corinthians chapter one, verse 10 through 21. We, I, I, our key verse is verse number 12. And I'm showing you the difference in vision. This is what Paul was meaning when he was telling them about the people because everyone taught something different. Now, uh, here it is in verse number... I said verse 10, right? All right. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse 10. All right, I know we have people training back there, but I, I just have to... You know, they're doing okay. I'm not, see, I can't fuss because I know they're doing okay. Right. <laughs> you could be back there too, right? <laughs> All right. But that's what we do with our youth. When they get 13 years old in this ministry, they begin to serve. Yeah. All right? So that's why you see 13-year-olds going to start joining the choir. They're on cameras. They're, you know, they're back there. They're in the storehouse, the cash registers, whatever we can train them to do so they'll be able to leave here at 18 and have some kind of knowledge of something. Amen. Amen. That's our that's our goal. And we got people, we got people who have left this ministry who are in media. Amen. Amen. We got a man right here got, I don't know if I want to say it or not, but he got on he hiring, hiring people right now every day. You still hiring people on your job down there in healthcare, right? Man right there hiring in healthcare right there. See, there's no all I'm saying, and he also has in power network. 
So you understand how important it is for us to train these kids in television, right? So that man who doesn't know what I'm talking about. Amen. Amen. That's Mr. Wilson. Don't y'all know Mr. Wilson over there? Amen. Amen. That's one of my sons. That's one of my sons. God sent him to me 30 years ago. Hadn't it been that long? Pretty close, isn't it? Amen. Something like, no, about 25. 25 years ago. All right, but let's go to work. Now, let's show you some things here. It says in verse 10, we're going to do it out of the NLT. Paul said, I appeal to you, I appeal, I'm sorry, forgive that Mississippi, that Mississippi language sometimes try to get in the way. <laughs> Boy, you've been in a place where you're in a country, you've been putting everything together. Oh, my homegirl right here, she knows what I'm talking about. Amen. These are my homegirl. We all old man in high school here. Were you an old banner? No, sir. Not you. I always put you in that. <laughs> Amen. She said, don't be putting me in. That's you and mama. Okay. All right. All right. But anyway, we from old banner high school in Greenville, Mississippi, right? All right. So Paul said, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by thought of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no division in the church. There will be no division. Then he says, but rather be a one mind. All right. Unite in thought. This is how you unite in thought. In what, that's what I'm doing with vision. This is what brings the church on one accord. And then in one purpose. Thought and purpose. Mind, thought, and purpose. For some members of Chloe's household have told me about your cars. In that church of Corinth, they had cars. He said, my dear brothers and sisters, these things ought not to be. Some of you are saying, I am follower, I'm a follower of Paul. Some saying... I'm following Apollos. Some saying I'm a follower of Peter. Some saying I'm a follower of Christ. Now that has not changed. That's what people are saying today. There are people who tell you today that I'm following Christ. And do not know what they're saying. But when you say that, that means you are following the gospel of the kingdom. Because that's what Christ taught. Then you got some saying, I'm following Apollos. Now, I'm going to show you something about Apollos. I'm going to show you some was following, but the only somebody they spoke been following was Paul. Okay, is there another verse you want to give me with that one so I can? All right. Then he says, has Christ been divided into factions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. I thank God that he's going to get into showing you because that's what they are leading on. That chapter here is teaching them about baptism and they thought they were saved because they were baptized in Jesus' name. See, so Paul says, I thank God I baptized none of you. He says, except Gaius, Crispus, and Gaius. Then it says, for no one can say they were baptized in my name. Then he says, oh yeah, I also baptized the household of Stephanus, but I didn't remember baptizing anyone else. Now you've got to understand, if you follow the apostle Paul, Paul does not believe anything for salvation in water baptism. See, some people are going to churches, but they're not following the Holy Spirit baptism, which is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit seals the soul. They still following Peter. They still following baptism, John the Baptist. 
They think they're following Christ. See, they don't want to follow the Apostle Paul. And the only person there in this new covenant that I'm giving you that you can follow will be Paul to be saved. Amen. See, you have to think. I'm talking about your salvation on the line of who you're following. All right, my job just to tell you, I can't, I'm not trying to make you join door of faith. This is not just, well, this is a door of faith thing. No, this is the Bible. I'm going I'm to I'm show you the word. Okay, keep it on the screen now. For, uh, go back to verse 16, because I got I to keep it up. He said, oh, he said, I don't believe in baptizing anyone else. Now, now go on for me. Thank you. He said, for Christ sent me. Watch what he says. Christ didn't send me to baptize. Now, here's the apostle that you supposed to be following. So this is what really helped set me free. People want to follow the New Testament teaching, which start with the book of Romans. The New Testament start with what? The book of Romans. People want to follow the New Testament teaching, but they want to be water baptized. The New Testament teaching does not teach you water baptism. Amen. Keep it up there so I can. Christ did not send me to baptize, but he sent me to preach the good news, which is the gospel of Christ, and not with clever speech for fear that the cross of Christ would lose his power. All right? So if I preach to you water baptism and the cross, then I'm dividing, I'm dividing my message. It loses its power. Amen. Where there's unity, there's strength. Amen. The message of the cross is what Paul preached right there. He said the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. Because he's letting you know, if you're not being preached to cross, being saved, being saved, you're headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it's the very power of God. That's the only change they made in that Bible that don't like being saved. But, you know, I really you got those who got to get in. But we, we talk, my message to the church, in the church you are saved. All right? As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will discard the intelligence of the in in intellect. The intelligence of the in, intelligent of the intellect. So where does this leave the philosopher, the scholar, world brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. How did he do it? Since God in his wisdom saw it that the world would, know, would never know him through human wisdom. God made it sure that you will never know God through your religion and tradition of men. That's human wisdom. He has used our foolish preaching, preaching on the cross, to save those who believe. That's all God asks you to do in the new covenant, is believe. Yes, you do one thing, that's what? Believe. believe. He said, it is foolish to the Jew. The word of God is foolish to the Jew who asks for signs from heaven. And then to the Greeks, he says, foolish to the Greek, who, who want to seek human wisdom. See? Paul says, so when we preach that Christ was crucified, his death, death, and resurrection, the Jews are offended. And the Gentile says, it's all nonsense. So he can't please anybody. But to those who, those called by God to salvation, how many of that? Matter of fact, you should have raised your hand because that's how you got to say God called you. Yeah. You did not volunteer to do nothing. God called you and you obeyed the call. You answered the call. But those who call, who call, those called by God to salvation, Jews or Gentiles, Christ now is the power of God 
and the wisdom of God. See, you don't have this other foolishness no more. So I, that, I just want to show you this, that one thing. That's the only thing in, you have to understand. In the word of God, you have to understand that everything is Christ now. So you got to understand there's only one vision. Let's go, let me show you something. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. Let me show you something there before I get back to my, my meat and potatoes. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse 14. It's all good. This word is so good. 1 Corinthians 4, 14. Now watch what, watch what he says. He said, I write none of these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. So Paul is warning the church because there are a lot of people out there teaching you a lot of stuff. For though we have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have we not many fathers. Now watch what he tell you. How do you know who he is? He's saying, you got many instructions out there, but you don't have many fathers. Watch what he says. I have begotten you through the gospel. I, I did what? I have begotten. How many know what begotten mean? I got you born again through the gospel. I got you saved through the gospel. You receive your salvation through the gospel. So when somebody tell you about water baptism, that's not what Paul preached. But watch what he's going to tell you at this verse. Now you can say, well, you know, Pastor, I think we ought to be water baptized. Then you just go on and follow Peter, Apollos, everybody else, because you're not following Paul. Paul did not preach baptism. Paul preached Christ and him crucified. So you got to ask yourself, why, why do you need to be water baptized? That's what you should ask people who want to water baptize you. Why do you want to water baptize me? Then you should say to them, and why are we taking the Eucharist, Holy Communion, and why we ask people why? If you'd have asked me why before, I'd have told you because we're trying to get rid of them sins. And that's why we always used to say it like this when we got ready to take the Holy Communion or the Passover. We would always say, everybody bow their head. Make sure you don't have anything in your heart against anybody. And make sure that you're right with God and make sure your sins are forgiven. That's all we talk about. You know what we're doing? We're reminding you of your sin. That's what the Old Testament covenant did. It reminded man of his sin. My job is not to remind you of sin. My job is to remind you of that word. Amen. The word. Remind you of the word. Put you in remembrance of God's word. Amen. Amen. All right, let's move on. Now, wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. That's what Paul said to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 14 through 16. Be followers of me. Now, if you're going to be following Paul, you've got to know you're following Paul's vision. You're following Paul's teaching. Now, if you're not following the, the man who wrote you the New Testament, see, you're not following Peter. Let me, let me deal with this just a little bit. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's, let's deal with a little bit of this while we're here. We're going, to show you, we're going to show you some people here, what they believe in. Uh, what I tell you to go to? First Peter chapter 1. Just the first verse, verse 1, right? 
So when you read, read these books, this is how you do a book. First Peter chapter 1, watch what it says. You know, it's, it's no different right now if I wrote you a letter. If I wrote you this letter, and, and if I put your name here on here, see right here to Sister Crump? Make mm -hmm. sure you, you take it off my poor picture. If I write you a letter, I put your name on it. Well, the letter is not for somebody 20 years later. Or if you happen to find that letter, you can't go back and say, man, look what somebody told me. They didn't look at the letter they written, written to you. How many have ever gotten a letter in their mailbox for their neighbor? Some of y'all, before the Lord, before the Lord, you just look. <laughs> man, you got a letter, just say, I did, Pastor, that's okay. But it wasn't your letter, was it? Now, you have no business. Huh? You have no business? Look at somebody and say, you have no business doing that. See, that's not your letter. See, the letter got on there. Who that letter to? That's not your letter. But see, that's how you have to study the Bible. Now watch 1 Peter 1 and 1 again. In 1 Peter 1 and 1, then we're going to look at James 1 and 1. It said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, well, not none of you. Did, are, are we done? Okay, next verse. He said, elect according to the full knowledge of God the Father through sanctification. Go to the second book, 2 Peter 1 and 1. So he told you who he wrote his book to. Peter's not writing the Gentiles. Although there were some Gentiles saved during his ministry with Cornelius in his house. 2 Peter 1 and 1. Simon Peter served an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained. Them that have obtained precious faith. Them that have obtained like precious faith because they were saved by faith. They had to live by their faith. Their faith was their vision. I'm going to give you Hebrew just a minute. Hebrew 10. Uh, 32, I think it is. Write that down. Simon Peter, servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained life's precious faith with us, Peter says, but they got it through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. See, that's how they got that right. You want to give me another verse there? Just, grace and peace be multiplied to you. They got their grace through the knowledge of God. See, that's how grace and peace is multiplied. Okay, now let's go to James. James chapter 1. Is that it on the screen? James, a servant of God and apostle of Jesus, I'm sorry, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes. So he's telling you who he's writing to. All right, so you read James, and that's how people was doing when we was up on the mess of the faith. This is what people were doing, taking James and trying to teach us how to live by faith. If you go on that doctrine, you will see this scripture. James chapter 1. Let's look at a few while we're there. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes were scattered abroad, greeting. Keep reading. My brother counted all joy. How many have heard that here? Sure you have. I preached it. I didn't know anything better. Count it all joy when you fall in the dive of temptation. I'm going to show you in the word of God that when, tri when tribulation came, it did not come to the Gentile, it came to the church of God. 
It was already promised them. I'm going to show you the word. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith work is patient. It don't mean all that's not good, but it's, the letter wasn't to us. It's what I'm showing you. Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfectly tied one another. There's nothing wrong with having the fruit of the Spirit. We got a fruit of the Spirit, which is patient. But then you get into this kind of stuff, and they show you how to operate in faith. It says, if any man like wisdom, let him ask of God. Now, you, don't, you already got wisdom. I just read it to you. See, I, I, I said Christ is the wisdom of God and the so you already got it. Everything's in Christ, see? But here they have the actual wisdom that giveth all men living the bread or not and it shall be given him. Then they say it like this, but praise God, let him act in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wave is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed with the wind. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. For a double-minded man is unstable in all his way. How many have heard that? That book was not to me. I don't get my wisdom by accident. I get my wisdom by thinking. Because Christ is made unto me wisdom. Let's look at it again before you go anywhere. Go to 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 24. See, if you know what the word says, then you got to understand. Two different, they had to ask for wisdom. We already got wisdom in Christ. Amen. Christ is our wisdom. They was waiting for redemption. Christ is our redemption. The word redemption means forgiveness. But under them which are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. See, that's who Christ is in your life. Okay, now, let's go and show you some things. Go to Deuteronomy. That gave you, okay, you want to go there. I want that out of the NLT, though. Uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter number 10. I want to show you something in, 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 in uh, cause remember he said that the vision will come. Hebrews chapter 10. Now these people, Hebrews chapter number 10, and we're going to start reading Verse 23, let's bag all the way up. We're going to show you this because who was this written to? Who was Hebrew 10 written to? Let's give me Hebrew 1 and 1. See, that's the whole thing with a, with a letter, with a book. If you don't know who it's written to, you already messed up. Because first of all, when you're reading something, you think God talking to you. And then, see, that's what I had to understand when I had to get to a place to understand how to rightly divide the word. You got to understand, understand the word, first of all. Hebrew, watch what it said. God, who is sundry time, watch what he's going to say, in diverse manner, spake past tense, spake is past tense. He spake in time past. He's taking time past. See, you are now in the world to come. Amen. You are, that's where you are. So you had... Here's the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was 2,000 years ago. And Paul says, in time past. So he was talking to the people who was before him under the law. In time past. At his time, he was saying, God in sundry time and divers manner spake in time past. Then there's time now, and then there was time to come. And you are in the time to come. The time to come ain't coming. You are in the time to come. 
The time to come is the dispensation of grace. That's what they was waiting for. See, people still think you're going to get there. You are the people who are there. You are in the dispensation of grace. See, I can show you that. I'll show you a verse. Uh, I want you to find a verse for me. Mrs. Crump, somebody else may beat you to it, but they ask, they ask at the end of every chapter, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they ask, what shall we do? We have been with you from the beginning. And Jesus says, no man has been with me from the beginning shall receive houses and land and whatever for my sake, and in the time to come, eternal life. See, you are in the time to come. And that time to come was grace. Amen. You couldn't get eternal life during the days of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ was on this earth, you could not get eternal life. You could get miracles, signs, and wonders, and healings, and everything else that God has for you. But you, you, you even get raised from the dead physically, but you could not get eternal life. Because you could not get raised from the dead spiritually until Christ himself be raised from the dead. He had to become the first begotten from the dead. He had to become the firstborn of men and brothers. He had to be the first, see, of the new creation. Amen. Just like Adam was in his day naturally. Jesus was in his day spiritually. Amen. Okay? Now, uh, back there, you're supposed to be putting my scripture up. Somebody else finding that. Praise God. Anybody know who I should be waiting on for me? Hebrew chapter 1 and 1, I think it was, right? Okay, then. God is son of time and died with a man of speck and time passed to the father by the prophet. Hath, here we go, 2,000 years ago, time passed, Paul says, was before Paul, time passed. Now Paul says, hath in these last days. So Paul lived in the last days. I got five, amen. Count, raise your hand, amen, raise your hand. See, you don't want to see it. I'm trying to show you. You are not in the last days. Amen. You are in the time to come. Amen. The last days were the days of Paul. Amen. It was the last days of the law. Amen. And that dispensation. You are in a different dispensation. The clock is not in the evening anymore. The clock is in the morning. Amen. Once, Jesus, once Jesus got up from the dead, it was early in the morning. So you have to understand the night is first spent. That's why when you study the word, somebody can find me that in Ephesians, I think it said the night is first spent and the, the, day, the day has come. You are children of the day. You're not children of the night. That's why Genesis, Genesis, when God created, he created the heaven and the earth, and then he created the night and before the day. That's why the Old Testament is the night. It was before the day. Those children were children of the night. They did not have the light. You are the children of the day. You have the light. Everything is about his creation. The night is first spent. The day is at hand. The day. Over here, he tells them, look, the night's about over. The day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness, Paul tells them. Let us put on the arm of light. See, that's who you are now. You have on the arm of light. You're a different dispensation. 
You don't walk in the night. You walk in the day. God has in these last days, that's in Paul's ministry, spoken to us by his son. Now you know it's Paul's ministry now. Still won't say nothing. I say he spoke in the last days by his son. Now you know his son was 2,000 years ago. Jesus had not spoken in 2,000 years ago to man. Jesus spoke 2,000 years ago. Now he speaks by the Holy Spirit. He hath, past and hath, in the last day, 2,000 years ago, spoken to us, Paul said, by his son, who he has appointed heir of all things, by him also he made the worlds. He is the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. He upholds all things by the word of his power. That's why we have to preach the gospel of Christ. He upholds all things by the word of his power. That's the gospel of Christ. When he had by himself, once again, he keeps telling you your sins is not your problem. He by himself purged our sins. Then he sat down at the right hand of the master on high. Well, if he's already purged, the purge means the cleanse. Look at Revelation 1 7. All the way through the word of God, he told you he's already cleansed his sins. You just got to get saved, become a believer. That's all. Just get saved, become a believer. I don't care how long you've been in church. Just get saved, become a believer. Behold, he coming with clouds. That's not to you. Every eye shall see him. That's not your covenant. They was under the manifested word. The word was manifest in the flesh. He's the son of man. When they shall see the son of man, he is not the son of man anymore. Not not your Bible, Acts 2.36, God made that same Jesus whom you crucified. He's both Lord and Christ. He's not son of man anymore. Behold, he come with cloud, every eye shall see him. They also which pierced him. I told you that last time. If the people who pierced him were still there, then it can't be your time. Amen. Now, you cannot argue with that. Right. It doesn't take much for somebody, if, if I tell you, okay, this person here is the one responsible in killing somebody. And now Jesus said, when I came back, he was there. They can't be down here with us. Amen. You know, I know 2,000 years old. Just got to be honest with yourself. Come on, put it up there. <laughs> Behold, he come with cloud, every eye shall see him, and they also will pierce him. Who pierced him? The Roman soldier. The man going to still be here when Jesus comes. Jesus going to make sure when he comes. You thought you had got rid of me? Huh? Boy, when I come through the heaven with my mighty angels, and you hear me blow that trumpet, and you look up and say, that's the same guy we killed, wasn't it? It's going to be some running and gnashing of teeth. All right, keep going. Behold, he come with a cloud. Every eye shall see him. They also will pierce him. And all the kindreds of the earth, those were kindreds mean tribes. The word tribes is Israel. They only one had 12 tribes. The tribes of the earth, Israel, the, 12, the 10 tribes, because two went with the Lord, 10 rejected him. So those 10 tribes are going to wear because of him, even so, amen. And while you're thinking about it, only go to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. See how much Bible you know since you fussing. What you got? You got 10 more. I'm going to start. Now, when I get that, I'll get that out for this. 
Oh, let's go back to Luke. Uh, uh. Oh, God. Let's go to Genesis 41. Let's go all the way back. Genesis 49 and 1. See how well you know your Bible. Genesis 49 and 1. Genesis chapter 49 verse 1. We're going to do this. And then we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 4, right? All right. Now I get to Deuteronomy chapter number 4. Let me see what verse I want so I know how to tell you in advance. Deuteronomy chapter 4, we're going to look at the verse 30 and 31. Okay, so let's, let's look at Genesis 49. Now here is God going to have all of the children of Israel by names of every tribe blessed. He's going to tell you what's going to happen to every one of them. He's going to tell you what's going to happen to every one of these sons. That's what Genesis 49 is for. So Jacob going to get all his boys before him began to prophesy. And Jacob called all his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you when? In the last, last day. So if you don't know when the last days are, you think they're going to be doing it. No, no, no. Israel, the only one that could be in the last days was Israel. You can't be in the last days. Jacob talked to his sons and they were in the last days. There's no more 12 tribes of Israel. Come on, I just real, just face it. There's no more 12 tribes of Israel. How many have been to Israel? Maybe, that's, maybe we should just go and get us a, a own plane or something, fly you over to Israel, just show you there's no 12 tribes. They're all gone. They're in the book of Revelation. They was taken up. Well, let me say it again. I said they're in the book of Revelation chapter 7. They was always taken up. Hold your finger right there. Go to Revelation chapter 7 verse 1. There's no more 12 tribes of Israel. They were only in the days of Paul. Somebody find that for me in Acts chapter number 22, somewhere around there, 22, 23, And he was, he was witnessing, he says, they was, the 12 tribes of Israel was waiting for Jesus to return. Now, why are the 12 tribes waiting and you still got to wait? After these things, I saw four angels stand on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow upon the earth. We're talking about the promised land, the sea, keep going, the sea, nor any trees. And verse 2 said, And I saw an angel sin from the east, having a seal of the living God. Remember I told you, you was not sealed with a seal on your forehead. You are totally sealed by the Holy Spirit. They were sealed in their forehead with the name of Jesus. And I saw another angel sinning from the east, having to seal the living God. And if, if you read the book of Ezekiel, it'll tell you, it's the man who had the ink horn or the ink pen. That's what he was doing. He was writing on people's head. Uh, maybe I do that. Find that word Ezekiel. Maybe I give him a little of that. Okay, and I saw another angel sinning from the east, having to seal the living God. He cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom he was given to hurt the earth. See, the, the Lord came to destroy Israel. But before he did, and the sea, before he did, that's when it was appalled. Saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the This is what the Lord told his angel. Don't hurt the earth, the sea, and the trees till we have sealed 
the service of our God in their foreheads. So they all had to be sealed. And you find me Ezekiel, I'll show you how they got sealed. And I heard the number of them that were sealed. They were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. That can't be any plainer than that. If I was the Jehovah Witness right then, I got out of that right there. <laughs> you already sealed them? What am I here for? Then he told you of every tribe that was sealed. All right, and I'm not reading that. You can read all that. Go back to Genesis 49, whenever you get to be. Uh, Ezekiel 26 and verse 1. Go to Ezekiel. You know I've got to be loving you to give you all of this. And then I'm, I'm going to be ministering next Sunday, so i just be preaching till you get it. <clears throat> Is that the one you got with the ink pen? I want the ink pen now. When I get there, I don't want to be like a... Man, I want no 12 tribes. I want the ink pen. <laughs> the ink horn. That's what I thought you would give me the ink horn. She bail y'all out. She bail y'all. Sandra bail you out. Won't he do it? Won't he do it, Sam? All right. All right. He says, and behold a man, the man with linen, which had the ink horn. Now you ought to mark this in your Bible so you read the rest of it, because I'm not going to read it all to you. Let me mark that in my Bible. I got breaking in a new Bible here. That's uh, chapter 9, right? Oh, I got it already marked and the page turn. Oh, well, let me see. Oh, I got my page all turned. Man, I already got the thing marked. All right. Now, he getting ready to punish Israel, right? Uh, I got to start with verse 1. He get ready to punish Israel. Now, I just showed you this in Revelation 7 and 1. I just read this, right? But before he punished them, he's going to make sure you mark everybody with the ink horn, and then the rest of them will be destroyed. Everybody didn't want Jesus, otherwise will be destroyed. All right, here we go. In verse 1, that's where we're at. He cried also in my ears with a loud voice, saying, Cause them that have charge over the city to draw near, every man with his destroying weapon in his hand. And behold, six men came from the way of the high gate, which lies towards the north, and every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. One man among them with clothed with linen, with a writer's ink horn by his side. And they went in and stood beside the brazen altar. And the glory of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherub. Whereunto he was, to the threshing floor of the house, he called the man clothed with linen, which had the writer's ink horn by his side. And the Lord said to him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abomination to be done in the midst thereof. And to the others he said, In my hearing, you go after him through the city, and you smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have pity. Slay utter the old, the young, the maid, the little children. Slay the women, and come not near any man upon whom is the mark. 
began at my sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men, which were before the house. Started the house, started the church of the temple. And everyone who don't have the ink, see, first he sent the man out with the ink horn. That man was the apostle Paul spiritually. His job was to make sure everybody gets saved. That's why he said, I finished my course. I fought a fight, good fight. But see, his job was to make sure everybody had the seal. Now, that means that everybody believed. So everybody believed the angel would seal them. The rest of them, they, they had the sword. The same thing happened in Deuteronomy uh, when, uh, in Exodus when Israel came out of Egypt. And this is how you're going to remember that story. Who is on the Lord's side? Yeah. You remember when he went up into the mountain? He went up in the mountain to get the vision from God. And when he came down with the vision, Israel was down there partying. We used to do all this stuff, it don't work. All you get is a tide back. But listen, Israel was down there party, and God told him, he said, look, who's on the Lord's side? Come to me. And all those people who was on the Lord's side came to Moses. Moses took those commandments, and he broke them, and he destroyed. He told the people that was with him, you get every man a sword. All of them with him, you get a sword, I want you to go kill the rest of them. That's what happened. The, the people of Israel who believed had to kill all the ones that believed. See, everywhere you look, the, that's what God did, the people who didn't want God. So that's all I'm saying. I would not be wanting to be around here trying to be something else and don't want God. You could die in a moment. And your soul in here, what? Exodus chapter 32 on the Lord's side. You can read that later. I can't mess with no more of that. All that's good. I can't read all that. She got it on the screen. Okay, but let's go show you Deuteronomy chapter 4. I don't have a five minutes left. I got to go. If I got that much. Okay, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, right? Verse 30, 31. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Let's watch. I just showed you, Jacob called the children of Israel and said, let me show you what's going to happen in the latter days. Did I not? Go back to Genesis 49 and 1. I can't go nowhere until y'all know what I'm talking about. I can't go nowhere until you know what I'm talking about. So when y'all say something, y'all may let me know you know what's going on and I'm, I can move on. Genesis 49 and 1. How am I doing? There you go, girl. See, I like, to, I like to watch people come in here getting that word to be encouraged. I remind that just like, see the sister you sitting beside right there? You watch how she sit. She sit on the edge of the seat. She's just like, <laughs> come on here. Come on here, brother. All right. Here we go. Deuteronomy 49 and 1. And Jacob called his son and said, gather yourself together. I may tell you that which shall, be, shall befall you. What's going to happen to you in the last days? He didn't tell you nothing going to happen to you. He called the 12 tribes of Israel. He said, let me let you know what's going to happen to you in the last day. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 30. We're going to follow the same story. Verse, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 30. When you, when you are in tribulation, he didn't tell you nothing about you going to be in no tribulation. See, so you have to stop listening to folk. 
He's talking to the children of Israel. When you are in tribulation, all these things are come up on you. Even in the latter days, if you turn to the Lord your God, talking to them, if you repent and you be obedient to his voice, if you do that, then the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake you, neither destroy you, nor forget the covenant of your fathers, which he spared unto you. You didn't have no covenant of your fathers. The only covenant you got is the covenant of grace, which was given you and will be with you forever if you would accept it. God has given you his eternal covenant, an everlasting covenant. Everything in your covenant is everlasting. You got everlasting redemption. Your salvation is everlasting. So don't, 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 don't get deceived now. Let's go to Deuteronomy 10, 14. Daniel, I'm sorry. Daniel 10, 14. Daniel chapter 10, verse 14. Are you enjoying the word? Yes. All right, I, make sure, I want to make sure you ain't getting too much information. I want to make sure you get enough. This word, there'd be so much word until you get home, and when you started putting it on, you'd be like, oh, my God, back to stop right there. Back it up. Woo, I was right there in the service, and he on that? Oh, wow, pow, pow. <laughs> I know, I know. I got a tape player right by my bed, man. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 14. Are you there? Now, Daniel, I'm sorry, Daniel, Daniel, the angel said to Daniel, now I am come to make you understand what shall befall your people, Daniel, your people, in the latter days. For yet the vision is for many days. Not talking about you. Matter of fact, you can't be you because there ain't a 490 years. From the time God gave the vision to Daniel, it's 490 years, and you can only get 400 years from Malachi to Matthew, 400 years. So it can't be you. Unless you are a 2,000 year old person. All right, let's go look at uh, Daniel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. One more time. Daniel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. So you got to understand, this vision came. That's why I want to pick this up. I'm, this is going to be the last one I'm going to give you when my time is up. Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. Daniel, I don't know why I keep saying Daniel and Deuteronomy. They're two different folks, ain't it? Daniel 2, 28 and 29. I know the person behind the screen is going like, Daniel, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't say what you got to say correctly. People are following the vision. Amen? All right. But, there, but there's a God in heaven that reveals secrets and make known to the king Nebuchadnezzar. Watch this. What shall be in the latter days? He's letting known what's going what's what, what's to happen. He showed Nebuchadnezzar what's going to happen in the latter days. Well, how many can tell me who was the king after Nebuchadnezzar? Don't drop your cup. There was only four kings. What, what was the name of the people that was? The Medes and the Persians. Yeah, the king. I'm sorry, I asked the king. I should have did that. You gave me the king. You're right. But it was the Medes and the Persians. That's what I was looking for. Now, the Medes and the Persians got together because Nebuchadnezzar was a mighty army. 
Remember, they, they were the one who you built the image of. So if you want to know who is the image of the beast, all you got to do is count the king Nebuchadnezzar. Count the word king Nebuchadnezzar. Now I got the word. You know I got the word. I'm just saying something to you just as, just as, ooh. I'm not here trying to, ooh, you. I'm just trying to tell you, don't be out here talking about this. When I know when, because see, when I first started out, that's how I was. When that beast come, I'm going to find him. I know who he is. He's, he got 18 numbers. One day, God gave me the scripture. He said, this is how you'll be able to know. He gave me the exact scripture. The number, count the number of the first beast. Whenever you study, that's what they're going to tell you. Count the number of the first beast. Well, who was the first beast? Nebuchadnezzar. How you going to know his number? King Nebuchadnezzar. 14 and 4, 18 letters. Let him that have wisdom. Thank you. Somewhere down the line, y'all going to have to realize y'all pastor got the wisdom of God. Somewhere, okay? But I don't brag on that. That's another thing. Thank God. It's all his. When you got the Holy Ghost, that's the Holy Ghost talking. But there's a God in heaven, Daniel saying to Nebuchadnezzar, that make it known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Your dream and your vision of your head upon your bed are these. For the king, for thee, O king, as for thee, O king, your thoughts came in your mind upon your bed. What shall come to pass hereafter? And he that revealeth secrets maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. He, he made known to Nebuchadnezzar what's going to happen in the latter days. So if you understand, there was only four kings, and he was letting them know what's going to happen in the days of the last king. The same thing that he already showed Daniel. That's when Jesus is going to come and fulfill all things. But who, what, who was the king when Jesus came to fulfill all things? So let's go through them again. Who was first? Who was the first king? Nebuchadnezzar. Say Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, he's a, he's a Nebuchadnezzar. All right. Who was second? The Medes and the Persian. Nebuchadnezzar was a king of Babylon. Some of y'all did get it. King of what? Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. Okay? Don't forget that. Israel was taken into captivity into Babylon. They didn't want to destroy his temple. It was, it was who Nebuchadnezzar who wanted to destroy the temple, and he took him into captivity and held him there for 70 years. That's how you got the other three books of Nehemiah, Esther, and Ooh, Jesus, I got to do some teaching up in here. Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. Don't y'all know them three books together? Those were the people who came out during the captivity. Y'all need, need to get your Bible and just, I got your iPhone, and Google. Esther, they'll show you the whole movie. Anything you want to, all these books just say, I want to watch Esther, Queen Esther in the Old Covenant. And pop right up. Watch the whole movie. You go on YouTube, instead of watching all this junk, go on YouTube and say, YouTube, I want to watch Esther. They give you all the books of the all the books of the Bible. I just got through watching Gideon. I watch all the books of the Bible on TV free. You got a phone, you know how to use it. All right, come on. That was who came out, who destroyed the Medes and the Persians? The Greeks. Come on, number one, Nebuchadnezzar, number two, the Medes and the Persians, number three, the 
Now, y'all supposed to have finished high school, and this is what you had to finish in high school is what I'm giving you right now. The Medes and the Persians were destroyed by the Grecians. And then after the Grecians, it was the, the Romans. And then that's when Jesus came. My time is up. I thank you for yours. We will continue on the vision next week because I got to show you the vision went all the way down to the Apostle Paul. And God gave him the vision in those latter days. In those days, he gave them the vision. And it was the vision that supposed to kept them and they were supposed to live by faith or by the vision and they rejected it. But if you will get the vision today, you can live by the vision. The vision will speak and will not tarry. But you'll be able to live by the vision. If there's a vision, God will pro it. If you get the vision, God will pro the vision. He will provide. Where there's vision, there's provision. Give your Lord a big hand. Come on, we're getting ready to go eat. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.